1: This is episode number 123 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look gets some softcore crimes. I'm your boy, Leroy, coming at you straight out of the closet with a couple crime stories about condoms. Come as you are. Anytime I can get a Nirvana song in here as the episode title and slip in a sexual innuendo, I'm going to do it, baby. Yeah, I found a weird story about condoms. It aroused my interest, but came up short for a full episode. Story of my life. So I did a little extra Googling and was quite pleased with myself when I found another one. I think I may have even moaned in delay. Probably not. My apologies for this one being so late. Had some technical difficulties. Been feeling under the weather as well. I know, excuses, excuses. But I'll get back on a solid schedule as soon as humanly possible. Get back to being the reliable old Leroy I used to be. Anyway, let's get into it. But first, a joke to lubricate our laughter membranes. So two old ladies were outside their nursing home, having a smoke when it started to rain. One of the ladies pulled out a condom, cut off the end, put it over her cigarette, and continued smoking. Gladys asks, What's that? Doreen replies, a condom! This way my cigarette doesn't get wet. Gladys then asks, where'd you get it? To which Doreen replies, you can get them at any drugstore. The next day, Gladys hobbles herself into the local drugstore and announces to the pharmacist that she wants a big old box of condoms. The guy looks at her kind of strangely. She is, after all, 80 years of age, but politely asks what brand she prefers. Gladys responds. It doesn't matter. As long as it can fit a camel. All right, everybody. Hop in the minivan and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with a couple tales of low-level true crime. And don't worry, my friends. I promise I won't get you home late. As in a late period because the condom broke? (laughs) Get it? Okay, forget I even said that. Let's just drive. number 123 come as you are i have a love hate relationship with condoms love them because they've likely prevented me from getting stds and numerous chicks pregnant i'm talking thousands okay maybe more like seven and i hate them because i'm not a very good multitasker sometimes it's tough to stay aroused while you're struggling to get that love glove out of the package love glove There are plenty of slang terms for condoms. Rubber, Cum Catcher, Dinger, Jimmy Hat, Scumbag. Scumbag is a word that has multiple meanings. I use it all the time on this show when I'm describing a despicable person. But the word has origins going back to the 1930s when people used it to describe a condom. With scum being the semen and bag, of course, being the condom. There will be plenty of scumbags in this episode. And I mean that... In every sense of the word. Okay, our first story takes us to Vietnam, which is exciting because I can't recall us traveling here before, but I could be wrong. We're in a town called Tan Wen. Listen, I'm probably going to butcher these names. I was going to look up the pronunciations, but didn't bother. I'm going to sound like a fool either way. Tan Wen has a population of 466,000 people, and it's in Binh Duong Province. This is in the southeast region of Vietnam. Is it a nice place to live? I'm sure if you went to the right spots, you could get some delicious local cuisine, stay in a comfy hotel, visit some old landmarks, the yuge, But if I have one piece of advice to give you at all when traveling to Tanwen, it is to bring protection. And I don't mean a gun. I mean bring your own rubbers, if you plan on getting frisky. The story is wild, and when I come across these really weird stories, I always got to make sure they're real. That at least a couple sources are local, or at least sound legit. And this one was covered by CNN and the Toronto Sun over here in Canada, among others. There's some photos, so sadly, this definitely happened. Let's travel back to September of 2020. Police are raiding a warehouse where they received a tip of some shady business practices going down. This warehouse isn't a huge operation with hundreds of employees. It's very small, with just a handful of workers. It's not much to look at. has a tin roof, tin siding, no air conditioning, a couple of fans. just looks like a run-down building. When police raided this joint, they were shocked by what they found. Condoms. Condoms everywhere. In plastic bags, in bowls, on the floor, hanging up to dry. And I should explain, they knew this was a place that manufactured and sold rubbers, so they weren't shocked by the amount of condoms. Maybe the unsanitary conditions threw them off. But the weird part was the equipment, or lack thereof. All they really had were some wooden dildos. And some of these condoms, they looked like they'd already been used. Who's running this place? Ah, there she is. Fam Thai Than Girl, you got some explaining to do. Fam is what I'm going to call her now because <laughs> that name is just too difficult to keep saying. Fam is the one who's been renting this facility. And the 32-year-old, well, she runs a loose ship. She fesses up and tells police what's been going down. Yes, this is a condom distribution facility, but they don't exactly make the condoms here, at least not from scratch. They are supplied with used ones, and they freshen them up to be repackaged and resold. Disgusting. Fam explains that her main supplier is an anonymous source, a man who delivers over 1,000 used rubbers a month. Fam and her little crew then get to work. They sort the condoms, then wash and boil them dry them and stretch them out on these wooden dildos and that kind of gets them back into their proper shape. Then they repackage them and sell them as new. Imagine trying to do the responsible thing, wear a condom to, you know, prevent getting STDs or if you have one, prevent the spread or to, oh, I don't know, avoid getting a lady pregnant. Hello. Then you find out you're slipping your little guy into a previously enjoyed Jimmy. It's terrifying. Let's get into some numbers here. There were dozens of bags filled with condoms, and when they totaled it up, the product weighed in at 360 kilos. That's 794 pounds of used rubbers. Which, I've seen different reports, but that would be somewhere between 320,000 and 345,000 condoms. That's no joke. If you're listening to this sweating, wondering what brand these condoms are, don't worry. Unless you're local, you have nothing to be concerned about. These are not name brand condoms. And they were just sold to market stalls and hotels in the area. Support local businesses, am I right? (laughs) Uh, So this is obviously a big deal. Condoms aren't meant to be recycled. I wouldn't even reuse one that I had previously enjoyed. Although I suppose I've been tempted to. Especially those times I only lasted 8 seconds. Hardly counts when you just dip it in. I've had a few times where I told my unsatisfied partner, hey, if this were bull riding, that eight seconds would actually be quite impressive. (laughs) But seriously, these condoms are disposable, not meant for more than one use. The integrity of the condom is seriously compromised the more you use them. I guess you just gotta hope if you bought one of these previously enjoyed rubbers, it was worn by a dude who was small, gentle, and disease-free. A guy named Tiny Wang, rather than a William Hung, if you catch my drift. (laughs) There are so many factors, not to go into too much detail, but how rough was the intercourse? Were these rubbers used anally, or while a woman was on their period? Can diseases just be boiled away? I wonder if anyone caught anything from these pre-used prophylactics. It is unknown how many of these condoms had been sold to the public by the time police caught wind of it. Hopefully not many, but I believe this had been going on for quite some time. So in the thousands, potentially. Here's a quote from a government official over in Binduang. They said, Condoms are classified as medical items, so we will take a look at the several laws that the owner has broken. End quote. For real. And I couldn't find an update on Pham's punishment, or a trial or anything. I hope she received some significant jail time. It's hard to believe that this could ever happen in Canada, where I'm at. But you better believe that if it did, it would be a much bigger news story. It would dominate the headlines. I'm sure it would in most places. There'd be lawsuits. Imagine if you used one of these condoms and got an STD. You'd be seeing dollar signs. Cha-ching! The Daily Mail comment section was buzzing on this story. The article had 204,000 shares, which is incredible. Maybe more people have heard of this story than I thought. I didn't know of it. Anyway, there was over 800 comments too, so let's hear some of them. Hash Tripper says, Just one question. How on earth were these collected? Whoever did it deserves an award for best supply chain management. Barry replied to that comment and said, Possibly used nets to fish them out of the sewers. Oh my god, I never even thought of that. Do you imagine? Blundercrunch said, If you think your job is bad, remember it could always be worse. Yeah, you got that right. I hope some of these other comments were just people being sarcastic. I'm sure they are, but you never know. John Joe said, What's the problem? We have been urged to recycle. And Kenneth adds, This is a great idea. They cleaned it, right? So what's the problem? Do restaurants throw away the fork and plates after each customer? Do hotels throw away the bed sheets after each use? Uh, yeah, great point there, Ken. Lastly, Waldo Pepper made me laugh with just two words. Come again? I think that sums up this story just perfectly. Let us move on to our next story. And for this one, we're headed to Waterford, which is a township located in Oakland County, Michigan. Waterford has a population of 70,565 people, according to the 2020 census. Not sure how many lived there back in November of 1994, though, which is when the story takes place. That was almost 30 years ago, if you can believe that. Movies hitting the theater at this time were one of my personal favorites, Leon the Professional. Fantastic flick. Then we had Junior, starring a pregnant Arnold Schwarzenegger. And dominating the box office that month were a couple classics in The Santa Claus, starring Tim Allen, and Interview with the Vampire, a movie which I thought sucked, literally, and starred a bunch of Hollywood hunks. I've said it before and I'll say it again, 94, baby. My favorite year for movies. Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, Forrest Gump and the trio of hits from Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber. The best. I looked even further and realized that Natural Born Killers was released in 1994. Arnold also had True Lies, so a big year for him. Speed starring Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, Kevin Smith's first offering in Clerks, The Crow, My Girl, Naked Gun 33 and a Third, The Final Insult. The list goes on and on and on. Anyway, it's November 15th, uh, Tuesday evening, and we find ourselves at a bar called the Irish Tavern. Pardon me. The Irish Tavern. Uh, This is on Elizabeth Lake Road in Waterford. The place is still going strong. Uh, A couple menu items here are the Loaded Irishman. That's a burger. Great name. And it's a quarter-pound seasoned burger patty stacked with shaved corned beef, sauerkraut, Thousand Island dressing and Swiss cheese. They also have the cod sandwich. I'm trying not to drool here. It's composed of two cod fillets dipped in beer batter, flash fried to a golden brown and placed on a brioche bun with lettuce and tomato. Served with a side of tartar sauce. Aye, sir. Ah, oh, heck, let's get a couple reviews in too because we got to get a feel for this place. And this story's going to be short. So we got to beef it up a little. And also, you know I love hearing from the people. Joseph H. gave one star this summer and said, My sandwich was soggy. Fries were raw. Waitress was rude. I will never be back. Okay. Then we have Doris, who gave two stars. Okay, we're getting better. She said, The service was great, but the food was disappointing. We ordered the fried pickles, which were very greasy. I had the shepherd's pie, and I think the vegetables were from a frozen bag. And the mashed potatoes were probably instant. My husband's fish and chips looked like they were made from a frozen package too. We will never be back. Ah, uh, that's a shame. Let's get something positive here. Four stars from Jim O. On Christmas Eve of 2021, he said, A Christmas Eve small bite of lunch. Shared the fish and chip dinner. Three large pieces. Breaded perfectly. Good fries and a small portion of coleslaw. Tasty. A friend joined in for a soda. Black and tanned beer. Not made quite properly. Added in a Bud Light. Two lemon drop shots and a fireball. Pretty good service. $50 out the door. Cash. Right on. I like Jim. He sounds fun. A nice way to spend Christmas Eve. Getting slightly toasted at lunch with a pal. Okay, none of those menu options or Christmas Eve hangouts or complaints of the service are really relevant, unless you plan on visiting this place sometime soon. Because, like I said, this incident happened in 94. Probably a different menu and cast of characters working back then. Okay, let's get into it. We have Keith Bradford. He's chilling in the bar, alone, and he downs three beers. Had a boy, Keith. Keith is 34 years of age... I thought I'd add his age in here because what he's about to do next is something you'd picture a college student doing on a dare. But no, nope, he's just a man in his 30s drinking alone. He gets up to use the little boy's room. That'll happen after a few beers. And he's in there for a while. I don't know how he got out of the bar unseen, if he used an exit around back. But the next time he's spotted, Keith is outside. Jodie Malone, the busy bartender at the Irish Tavern, glances out the front window as she's working, and that's when she sees our boy crossing the street with a condom machine in his possession. Turns out he ripped the damn thing right off the wall. Hilarious. She doesn't confront him, but this prompts a call to police, and with plenty of eyewitness accounts, they catch Brad fairly quick. He lives in the area and didn't cover his tracks all that well. Here's a quote from Officer John Grimm. He said, There were dozens of witnesses, and he went straight home. It didn't take our officers long to solve the great condom caper. End quote. The great condom caper. Love it. Yeah, so it wasn't dark yet, and I imagine seeing someone stumbling across the street holding a freshly ripped-off-the-wall condom machine isn't something you come across every day. It sticks in your mind. What an awesome thing to have mounted on your bedroom wall, though. Think about it. Keith has a lady over, and things are getting hot and heavy, and as they make their way into the bedroom, she whispers, You have protection, right? Then Keith pounds the side of the condom machine on the wall. A rubber dumps out into his palm, and he goes, I do now, babe. He's going to need a mop, because the floor is going to get real wet real quick. (laughs) Okay. So Keith was busted, of course, and charged with larceny. Oh, and my apologies. I've just been talking about this wicked cool condom machine. But there was more to Keith's score, as there were 48 condoms in there. Unused, I presume. And also 127 quarters. Yeah, I forgot. Those condoms aren't free. 127 quarters is $31.75. That's American. Not a bad chunk of change. That's like $65 these days with inflation. Now, I don't go to bars very often anymore, but condom machines are something I rarely ever saw. I just remember laughing and being kind of caught off guard whenever I spotted one. A very good idea, though, when you think about it. Extremely handy if you're about to get laid with a stranger. You know, safety first. Thankfully, I wasn't smooth enough to be picking up chicks too often at the bar, so I didn't have to worry about that. But I'm sure other gentlemen made good use of them. Why did Keith do this? He's 34. Maybe he's just immature. Thought this would be a cool way to decorate the house. I know when I was 19, I took one of those caution wet floor sign thingies that they uh, put on the floor. I took that from a McDonald's. We also took a traffic light that fell on the ground during a windstorm. Thought that'd look cool in the living room. Which it did. But we were just youngsters at the time. Maybe Keith needed a condom but didn't have any change, so took the whole thing home with him. Unfortunately, no one interviewed him back in 94, so we'll never get a solid answer to that question. But we had the next best thing. Officer John Grimm had a theory on why Keith stole the machine, and he could be right. He said, quote, All we can figure is he was anticipating a big weekend. we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 123. Come as you are. I hope this episode was as good for you as it was for me. You know what time it is. Listener confession time, baby. So let's get criminal, criminal. I want to get criminal. Nailed it. I got a few more poop-related stories coming in from people this week after the latest shit show episode, which has been awesome. This story comes in from Hannah. She says, Hey, Leroy. I hadn't thought of this in years, not until this morning listening to your podcast. Jumping straight in. I quit my job in Texas to move out of state. It was a clothing store, and I'd been a manager for years after clawing my way up. I made a lot of friends, more than I realized at the time. On my very last day, someone took a shit on the floor. It was about 10 feet inside the door, and it was a pretty busy day. The protocol for a situation like this is for someone to stand in place over the area while another manager got a hazmat kit to clean up the mess. Since I'd found the poop, I was the poop guard. I was waiting on another manager for the cleanup kit and trying to direct incoming and outgoing customers away from the area. It was taking forever because of how busy we were. At this moment, a parade of my employee friends bust through the door with a present, cake, and a handmade farewell card out of one of those giant sheets of poster board that kids use for class projects and stuff. So just imagine something about 24 inches by 36 inches when unfolded. They were saying goodbye and hugging me and talking about how much they'd miss me while I stood guard over a giant turd between my feet. It was simultaneously the most sweet and uncomfortable moment I've ever had at work. I don't know why they didn't just wait. I definitely warned them several times that they were in turd territory. Maybe they had planned this big surprise and they just didn't want to lose their momentum. Thanks for unlocking that memory. Hopefully it goes back into the dark pit it crawled out from. Love you and the show. Thanks for everything. Hannah. Ah, thanks, Hannah. And it sounds like your employees really cared about you. That's actually a lovely memory. One that even a turd couldn't destroy. Speaking of turds, who was the culprit? Weren't there cameras? Did you ever figure out who done it? Was it a disgruntled employee or an angry customer? Maybe the answer is best left to our imaginations. The truth probably isn't really that interesting. Like it was a child or a dog or something. Excuse me, that's illegal at gmail.com is my email. Send me your petty crime confessions or just strange and interesting life experiences. I'm pretty flexible on this. Some me your weird encounters with hitchhikers or the homeless. It doesn't really matter as long as it's fun and zany. You could have your story played on the air. Come join the Neighborhood Watch if you're looking for some extra content and ad-free episodes. Patreon.com slash, excuse me, that's illegal for that. There's a link in the show notes. It's super easy to join. Okay, that's all I got for you for now. But come meet me right back here in another 10 days and I'll happily serve you up a hearty helping of softcore scumbaggery. Peace!